I'm Lonnie Hirsch, co-founder of Healthcare Success Strategies, and today we're speaking with Alan Shoebridge, Director of Physician and Clinical Marketing and Communications with Providence Health and Services in Oregon, which is Oregon's largest healthcare system with more than 17,000 employees and 600 employed physicians. Alan's current role focuses on marketing plan development, advertising, messaging, research, and other areas. He has more than 10 years of direct marketing and communications experience for healthcare and medical insurance organizations, and Alan has also worked as a newspaper reporter and in public relations. Today's topic is white coat syndrome, why marketing professionals have it and how to cure it. Alan, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. So how do you define white coat syndrome? Well, it's kind of funny. I had this happen to me uh, personally when I was visiting the doctor several years ago uh, before I even started in marketing. And I noticed that every time I went in to visit a doctor, I was very stereotypical. I liked to avoid going to the doctor. It was the last thing I wanted to do. And when I got in the office, uh, first thing they do is take your blood pressure. And my blood pressure was always off the charts. And the doctor said, you know, you're otherwise healthy. I think you have white coat syndrome. And so it sort of stuck in my mind. I always found that terminology kind of funny. And when I started working in healthcare marketing, I noticed that a lot of colleagues and, and you know, even my, me myself were nervous talking to the physicians about marketing. It was not something we really liked to do. And I started thinking about this in, in when I was working on strategies to really make um, myself and my team better equipped to deal with physicians and, and relate on a, on a good professional level. You know, I thought about this and I thought, you know, I think a lot of us in marketing have white coat syndrome. You know, it's not the physical manifestation in the office when you're getting your blood pressure taken, but it's the same concept. It's we get nervous around doctors. How can we better uh, work with them so we're not in that position? And that's, that's kind of how I thought of that terminology. Well, in your experience, why do many physicians have a predisposition against marketing, even internally to their own patients? Yeah, I've thought a lot about that, uh, you know, and I think that the physicians kind of go into several categories. I think there's a lot of them who, who kind of get frustrated with marketing, and I understand it because when they ask you about marketing, sometimes it's not a really definitive answer. I think physicians like evidence-based, you know, they're always talking about an evidence-based approach to science. You know, they're very science-focused, whereas, you know, in marketing, it's not a hard science. It's a soft science. A lot of what we're doing is, is sort of a guessing game sometimes. So I think there's a, a portion of physicians that just don't react um, well to that. It's just not something they understand, so we have to kind of get over it. I think there's other physicians who just don't feel that marketing is really appropriate. It's not what they got in medicine to do. They don't think they should need to be out there on a billboard. They don't want to do it. Um, and and that's, a, that's a kind of a different mindset. And then there's another category who, who sort of understands marketing, who gets it, um, but again, they can be a little frustrated with, with, with us when we don't have clear answers, when we don't have clear strategies. And I think that's something that uh, I really wanted to work on is when I go speak with physicians, making sure that, that what we're going to do is, is understandable, that if I don't have an answer, I don't try to make it up. I say, you know, I'll find out and get back to you. But again, it's like they're rooted in that very um, task-oriented, everything kind of has an answer. It's based in science, and marketing is very different from that. And I think that kind of sets up a little bit of a, uh, a relationship that's a little bit difficult. So how do you educate physicians affiliated with or employed by Providence regarding this expanded definition and understanding of what marketing is and what it includes beyond these uh, preconceived notions that maybe marketing just equates to advertising and nothing more? Yeah, I think the, the way I've really tried to 
kind of approach these conversations about marketing is arming myself with data. So I really feel that um, you need to know about your marketplace. You need to know about your market share. You need to know about your patients. Um, here at Providence, we've done a lot of patient research. Uh, we've built an online research panel with 10,000 patients. And so I asked a lot of questions about, you know, what do you look for in a physician? What type of marketing messages have worked for you? And so, you know, the first conversations I had when I started in this industry, I really didn't have any of that information. So I was going in blind. And if I was asked a question, I couldn't really respond. But I think what I've tried to do is really educate them and say, you know, hey, I know we're considering a, a campaign to promote you. And the research shows me or the measurements I've done show me that here are the best tactics to use. And I think they really respond to that. I was talking before about that evidence-based approach. So having the data and really knowing, you know, where you're at, where your competitors are at, you know, got a lot of questions about, well, we see this competitor doing a billboard. We should do that too. And I, and I might say, well, you know, when we ran billboards, we didn't get any response to that. A much better tactic was direct mail. Or I might say, I've been looking at the numbers for this competitor, and wow, their awareness and their preference has not moved an inch. So they've spent a lot of money, but it hasn't had any sort of results. And that's sort of really like evidence-based, um, data-driven sort of response about what we're doing in marketing works very well. And, you know, they'll support that because they have something to back it up. And I think that's really just a key crucial thing that marketers need to do. Okay. So in your particular situation there at Providence, how does this process work in, in terms of this physician education on the importance of marketing? Is that just you or who does that in your organization? And uh, how do you, you know, structure your communications uh, about these kinds of topics? Yeah, so I think really the first uh, thing was looking for opportunities to get in front of the physicians before there's concerns because I think a lot of us in marketing, we're, we're, we're put in a very reactive position. So a physician will contact us and say, I want a meeting about marketing. I want to discuss this. And what I've tried to do and my team has tried to do here at Providence is really get out in front of that a bit and create some opportunities where we can have the discussion before there's a problem. So about two years ago, uh, I started up a physician marketing committee. And this was really just inviting the physicians who had expressed an interest in marketing or really just giving all the physicians in our employed medical group an opportunity to participate. So once a quarter, we have a meeting. Um, a lot of times it's sparsely attended. Sometimes it's very well attended. But again, it gives them opportunity. And I noticed that the physicians who have a lot of opinions about marketing, questions about marketing, they're kind of very active at first. But then we work through some of their concerns. We work through their questions. And then, you know, maybe they, they, they drop out for a little bit but come back in. But again, it's all about really creating the opportunity so we'll share the marketing plan with them. You know, I'll even share sometimes budgets that we have to work with because I really want them to be aware of what's going on. Just even simple things like explaining the difference of what the marketing team does versus the public relations team. You know, these are, these are simple things that we take for granted as professionals, but really the physicians don't necessarily understand. And, you know, there's no reason they should have known about this stuff, but really heading off those problems or potential problems before, you, before they become an issue. Um, also, just really making sure that Anytime we do a campaign that we round back and we, result, we report the results, we say, here's what worked, here's what didn't. But it's sort of this constant barrage of reporting out our information and then just giving it in front of them as often as possible. Again, once a quarter, I'm out there with this opportunity to get them to participate. Also, there's a lot of sort of meetings in between that take place where we might be meeting with representatives from the clinical programs. But again, just, just let's check in. Let's ask what's going on. And, and 
getting the opportunity for feedback before you know any sort of problems arise. And I think that's that's been very well received. And the other thing that's nice is it kind of serves as an educational opportunity for our physicians. There was a, several meetings uh, I saw where you know two physicians who had never met each other struck up a conversation and were talking about referrals. So again, it was ostensibly this effort to talk about marketing, but again, it looks, you can look at really connecting our physicians, just giving them an opportunity to participate. You had, uh, I believe you had mentioned a couple of minutes ago uh, that you have a, an online patient community with a lot of feedback from that. Um, is, do you use that uh, patient feedback to help uh, educate some of the physicians on maybe a difference between how they might perceive a health issue and how a patient might perceive it? Yeah, that has been a really, that patient panel has been a really great uh, resource for a variety of opinions on healthcare. And the nice thing is, so we, like I said, we have up to 10,000 patients now in the group. And over the last three to four years, we've just gather data on a variety of subjects and you know it's things like what do you expect from the physician experience when you go in what do you what do you expect from that clinical experience and one of the eye-opening things that I've really been able to share with the physicians is that you know there's the interaction that happens in the exam room between the patient and the physician but according to the patient what really matters is from A to Z from when they call on the phone to when they get in the waiting room to when they check out if promises are made that you know, the clinic's going to be in contact. All of that stuff really matters, and all that stuff really affects the patient's likelihood to recommend a practice. And I think that's when one of the eye-opening things is that when I said when I said that, you know, some physicians got it right off the bat. They're like, that makes sense. But others were, were like, wow, you know, it really matters if the, the phone interaction doesn't go well. That's going to affect the patient's likelihood to recommend me. And, you know, there's been some eye-openers there. Uh, we've also been able to use it to look at well, what do people really want out of things like quality scores? You know, what, are, what, is, what does this matter? Because, you know, we get a lot of requests in marketing to publish the, you know, the big scores on infection control or, you know, all these topics. And, and really we went and asked the patients, said, well, what, what do you really want to know from us? And they said, wow, you know, if you can't get me results down to my individual physician, my individual clinic, you know, we don't care. It doesn't make a difference. So that kind of knowledge about just what matters to the patient, what they're looking for, um, it's been so helpful and just can guide, you know, the operations and the understanding from the doctors, but can also guide some of our marketing efforts because we've really held off on doing some of these reactive campaigns because we know it's not going to work with what the patients are looking for. You know, on uh, on the new health care law, there seems to be a particular push toward more proactive population health management uh, and not just a volume of uh, encounters. And I was wondering how you position internal marketing to patients uh, from doctors as a, an important component of that kind of proactive population health management. Yeah, I think we've been sort of getting into that and trying to explain why that, that sort of internal referral is so important. And, I, and you know, I, I, to be honest, I think a few years ago, um, it really wasn't recognized as something that was very important. And, you know, we've worked hard over the last couple of years, especially within the last year or two, to really focus on that. And I think one of the, the best positioning things is, is, you know, we talk about if we can keep people uh, within the Providence system, we know that we're going to guarantee a high quality of care. We know that we can make the communication between the primary care and the specialty care office really smooth. And I think that's really been something that's been embraced. The big challenge, I have to say, has just been, as we grow so large, keeping the physicians updated on what we offer. And I think that's something that we struggle with. 
Um, but, you know, we've made some investments, too, that are making this somewhat easier. Um, we were a little bit behind the curve as an organization, but we invested in Epic. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, work on the Epic EMR system to make those internal referrals more smooth and more easy to do for the physicians. But I think, you know, just in terms of our marketing, um, you know, we've just been looking at ways we can better educate our providers about what's available internally. So, you know, we even did, you know, what I would say was sort of a, an old school tactic, but we put together a printed directory of all our internal physicians. And, you know, this was really popular. And the thing is that uh, what we've seen, I mentioned patient survey work, but we've done a lot of physician survey work as well. And, and what I saw, some trends, is the physicians were really getting overwhelmed by email and, you know, they still prefer email, but there was this opportunity to do sort of a printed guide from, a, from an internal referrals perspective that worked really great. And, you know, so we're looking just at ways that we can just honestly get the word out about what services we offer and the message around why they want to refer internally really, again, is we know the quality is going to be good, we know the outcomes are going to be good, and we know that the handoffs between primary care and specialists are going to go very smoothly. And I think those messages have been received quite well. I guess my last question is, what, in your opinion, is the most important concept that healthcare marketers and C-suite executives can communicate to physicians to help them get motivated on board with the uh, importance of marketing uh, to internal and external patient populations? Well, regarding you know the external publication, uh, external population. I think that physicians are on board. I think what the best thing that anyone can do is just setting expectations for what tactics really work. I want to go back to what I said before. Um, we want to move out of the reactive mode where a physician comes in and says, we really need a billboard. You know, maybe we do, but we want to step back and we want to think about it, and we want to look at the tactics and say, you know, here's what we think is, if, you, if what the goal is is to drive volume, here are the tactics that are really going to work. If the goal is to drive awareness, here are the tactics that don't really work. So I, I think that's what I've seen um, the biggest change uh, since I've been working here is just really setting those expectations of we're not just going to react to a tactic. We're going to look at the business need. We're going to look at what we're trying to accomplish, and then we're going to craft a plan that makes sense. And we're also going to prioritize it against other things we have going. So if we've got two other campaigns for a service line, we have to say, well, what's really the most important? And I think I think that's been embraced, and I think that physicians understand that. They've been really great partners for us in, in working through um, that kind of prioritization. But I, I really think that's the key is just, you know, take a step back, get the people who are engaged, but really get them to think about, I know what you're asking for is a billboard, but what we really want to think about is a tactic that we can measure that's going to drive volume. Um, internally, I think, again, I think the physicians are very engaged in the internal referrals. I think the one thing is just trying to give them tools to do a couple things. One is just to understand what's available within your health system. So you're making sure that, you know, they understand what opportunities are available for internal referrals. Uh, looking at your processes to see, you know, are things easy to find on the website when you have a list of providers? Um, do you have a nice printed guide? Are you getting the physicians the information they want? And I think just on a message aspect, again, just highlighting why it's important for them to keep those referrals internal. And again, when you mentioned the population health management, and that is the key driver. It's really like this is going to have better outcomes for your patient. And just keep kind of drilling that message home. 